defense, once again, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, making really, really good points. Prosecution uh, earlier today was a mess, giving their closing arguments in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We, we pointed out that there was a 30-second span where the prosecution went from Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been armed, there was no reason to be armed, and then he said everybody was expecting violence that night because of all of the violence that had been happening the previous days, and then they went into all of the barricades and all of the stuff that had happened the previous nights would have told any reasonable person not to go there, but Kyle Rittenhouse went there. And you know who else went went there? The crowd that tried to kill him. And that got completely left out. Uh, The defense has been ripping the prosecution apart for lying and fabricating evidence and changing the, the accusations that they're making throughout the trial while protecting Grosskreutz, who is a clearly somebody who committed crimes that night. And it, it, it's, I, folks, I know that we're talking about it, we're tweeting about it, we're posting about it, I should say, not tweeting, but posting about it on the live stream. But um, if you have missed what the defense is doing here, it has been phenomenal. The prosecution was a mess in their closing arguments earlier, which they've been a mess throughout the entire thing. Um, again, their their defense is... Kyle shouldn't have felt threatened, so he shouldn't have had a gun. But he was threatened, and thank God he had a gun. And then Kyle was looking for trouble when he left the original property where there was no protesters and went to an area where there were protesters. Yes, but he was asked to do so because he was there to provide aid. And as the defense pointed out in their closing arguments, Kyle Rittenhouse has as much right as anybody in Kenosha to move around that city unmolested. That's not what happened. But he was. He was asked, hey, there people are destroying these cars. Can you come to the car lot? Made his way to the car lot. You know, there's um he also pointed out that the the opening arguments, which we pointed out when when they were made, were a complete lie. The prosecution came out and said that they were going to present evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse chased down Rosenbaum, like Rittenhouse is hunting Rosenbaum, and shot him in the back. That didn't happen. Video evidence shows that that didn't happen. The forensic evidence shows that that didn't happen with the testimony that Rosenbaum was shot at an angle where he was lunging towards Kyle Rittenhouse. Multiple witnesses saying that he was shot when he was trying to take that that gun away from Rittenhouse. And I mean, it's just, it was, it's a really a bizarre strategy. You're a medic. You don't need a gun. Well, Grosskreutz was a medic. He had a gun that he was illegally carrying and had a bullet chambered while he pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse's head before Kyle Rittenhouse obliterated his his arm. And he testified to that fact. He goes, he did not shoot me until I pointed my gun at his head. Uh, the defense is having a, a good day today. The prosecution is not having a good day, which is what we want. We want Kyle Rittenhouse to be exonerated of something that he clearly did not do. Um, again, there's always the the... Possible weapons charge. That is still out there, but the defense believes that they have a way out of that as well. Uh, So let's turn our attention to other news as we continue to provide updates on the trial throughout the show. Biden's OSHA COVID vaccine mandate lost in court again over the weekend. The Fifth Circuit, well, Friday, the Fifth Circuit 
handed the Biden administration another loss on Friday, blocked OSHA from enforcing a vaccine mandate for private employers with 100 or more employees until the court decides whether to grant a permanent injunction against the mandate. So it's another court case, another court case where it has been stalled. Now, remember, the Biden administration has been saying, hey, you employers, you just go ahead and you do it anyway. It doesn't matter what the courts say. Because, again, that's that's kind of Washington, D.C. now. It doesn't matter what the courts say. Just uh, go ahead and do whatever you want. The Fifth Circuit reaffirms stay of the OSHA vaccine mandate, says the agency may take no steps to implement or enforce the mandate until a further court order. That was, again, Friday. The mandate's stated impetus, a purported emergency that the entire globe has now endured for nearly two years in which OSHA itself spent nearly two months responding to is is unavailing as well. And its promulgation, this is Rob Romano, its promulgation grossly exceeded OSHA's statutory authority. That is the quote from the the court hearing there. Now, remember, I, I told you before, it's like, one, unconstitutional anyway. Two, you're going to have to make the case that OSHA somehow magically has this authority, which they do not. And then you make the case that it's an emergency with dwindling cases. At least in the U.S., Germany's having a bit of a surge. A um, couple of European countries are having a surge. But these are also places that went on lockdown. So a lot of people are coming back out. Whereas in the United States, our numbers have been very, very good and steadily declining throughout the entire country, with the exception of a couple of spots. And those spots tend to be in very blue states where heavy lockdowns and things like that were in place. So as those people now start to go back into work, got news for you, the virus is just sitting there waiting. We've always told you that that was going to happen, and we've been proven right on that from the very beginning. So... The other thing is, too, is is that the chief of staff, the Biden chief of staff, you know, he retweeted something that basically said, hey, this OSHA thing is basically a, a, you know, a quirky workaround of the law. And judge didn't really like that. So there's been a stay there. So we got a couple of stays here on the the vaccine mandate. I think we alluded to this when we were over at uh, the prime table. Four point four million Americans quit their jobs in September. Four point four million quit their jobs in September. That is a record. So far this year, 34.5 million Americans have quit. Millions more than anything ever seen before. The closest was 2019 when 31.7 million quit January through September. And so this great resignation, which they're calling it, um, appears to be picking up steam. And when you look at the data here, I mean, it is just astonishing. Remember, Joe Biden just a couple of weeks ago said, this isn't happening. Do you know how many people in the military are looking to be released because they won't adhere to the vaccine mandate? Now, Navy SEALs, other government employees, everything else, they're all suing the government over this. But do you know the actual estimated number of how many people in the United States military may actually be kicked out of the military for refusing the vaccine mandate. Any idea? Josh, you seen this come across the news desk? 376,000. 376,000. So now here's the thing. You have to ask yourself a couple of questions. 
I've already, I believe, proven to you beyond the shadow of the doubt that the supply crisis was intentional. And I think that I was able to convince most of you of that before we found out that these new trucks that are trying to go there and, and fix the supply train issue, that they're now being fined by the state of California because they don't meet environmental standards. Right? No temporary stay. California is not going, no, 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 no. Uh, we'll halt those fines because they're helping us out of an emergency here. No, no, no. They said they're going to find those trucks if they show up. In other words, don't come to California. We don't want your help. We want this cog in the machine to continue. If that doesn't prove to you that this is deliberate, I don't know what will. You're just a lost soul at that point. So you have to ask yourself a question here. All of these police officers, by the way, dozens of New York City police officers now employed in Florida police departments. That came out over the weekend. All of these police officers. Yes, there's other first responders too. Yes, hospital staff. But I want to focus on on those who protect primarily in this segment here. All of these police officers all over the country losing their jobs because of the vaccine mandate. Tier one and tier two operatives in American special forces, which conduct operations all over the globe, keeping American assets, interests safe. Okay. In the dark, you never hear about it. As much as a third of those forces not getting the vaccine, can't be deployed, non-operational. For those of you in the military, you understand how big of a deal that is. Not just considering their capabilities, not considering just the force readiness, but also the investment in their training that the military and that the federal government be willing to just let them go over something as silly as this. But now you've got the litmus test that's been happening for the past year. Where if you're in the military and you belong to these groups, we don't want you in Washington, D.C. You're a threat. We can't kick you out because you haven't done anything illegal. You haven't done anything wrong. We just don't like the fact that you belong to some, you know, patriotic constitutional organizations. So we're just, we're not going to deploy you and you can sit at home. All of these uh, op operations and things like that to go after military veterans, especially with PTSD when they're returning home to take their guns away. Um, and now you look at the possibility that upwards of 376,000 troops might be separated from the military simply because they don't want to get a vaccine. You know, the, the last time we did that was at the end of World War II. You realize that? The United States used to do this really stupid thing. And part of that stemmed from a flawed logic in the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers were not perfect. The military would ramp up really fast when there was a conflict, and then after the conflict was over, they'd get rid of everybody and keep a skeleton force. We got to a point eventually we realized we needed a large professional force all the time. But it took a long time to get there. And we always paid a heavy price. We always paid a heavy price for that downsizing. Always. And now this looks a lot like that. So... What do you think force readiness looks like when you have roughly a third of your elite forces no longer operational and 376,000 troops potentially separated from the military? 
What do you think that does to force readiness? Big problem. We've already got pilot shortages. We've already got combat element shortages. We've already got certain shortages in other professions. So who do they get replaced with? So let me ask you, just as a personal note here, and I, while I applaud Brian Kilmeade's optimism on America being able to move past our, our current situation, he's also forgetting a couple of things. For those of you at noise, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who weren't at noise, sorry, you missed it. What possible reason could somebody have for not blinking a second to go, wait, we're going to lose, what, three, 376,000 troops? What? Hey, maybe we don't want to do this. If any commander-in-chief, any general, any joint chiefs of staff heard that you could lose that many troops, they would all pause and go, yo, we cannot do this. This will put us in serious danger. Yet, why is that not happening? Is there another conclusion other than it's intentional? Is there another conclusion other than this is the litmus test? That you know the vast majority of the people who are going to refuse this are going to be of a certain religious persuasion, are going to be of a certain political persuasion? And the, the leftovers there, they're just going to be people who will not take orders for the sake of taking orders. They have principles. We used to want people with principles in the military. I am not so sure we want that anymore, to be honest with you. Pay very close attention to this stuff, especially with everything that's happening in Taiwan, everything's happening with China, not just about Taiwan, with India, all of it. I'm hoping that that number is exaggerated and it's just an estimate and it's way off. Kind of like when Joe Biden estimated we only left 100 Americans behind, but now it's, according to the State Department, 14,000. According to others, you know, we're dealing with a lot more than that. But if that's anywhere near being accurate, there is only one logical conclusion. It is on purpose. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. The defense in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial continuing to own the prosecution in closing arguments here in what the defense attorney has called active shooter BS that the prosecution wants you to believe. Uh, They're going through point by point, and they are showing the video of Kyle Rittenhouse, who the prosecution has told you left that original property to go hunt protesters. That was what he said in his closing arguments. And so the defense is showing you Rittenhouse going through the community, going through protesters, not shooting anybody. He said if if he was an active shooter, he would have been unloading on all of these bodies that were there. Out of all of these bodies, he doesn't do anything until he's attacked. What does he do when the mob says, get him, get him? He retreats. He says, friendly, friendly, friendly. He retreats. He tries to get away. 
And as a result of trying to get away, the mob chases him. They attack him from behind. They knock him to the ground. They try to bash his head in with a skateboard. They kick him in the head. They do all of these things that gets completely ignored by the prosecution who is trying to paint Rittenhouse as an active shooter. And, of course, the defense is calling it, quote, BS. Of course, it is BS. And said, if he was looking to just waste people, why isn't he shooting any of these people here? Why is he trying to get away? Why is he trying to get to those police lights, to those Bearcats that are there? Bearcat is a personnel vehicle. It's an armored personnel vehicle. Why are they trying? Why is he trying to do that if he's just looking to kill people like the prosecution has said? Such great points. The prosecution, of course, never did have a case here, uh, but we will continue to bring you those updates. So we're just going over some stuff. Obviously, the military angle, you know, I want to address just one more thing here because I've got a couple more things to add about the labor force and then a warning about socialized medicine for you with all of this. Um, For those of you who missed noise, we were asked a question about how close are we to a civil war or something like that, okay? And my answer on stage was what I've been telling you for some time here, closer than anybody ever wants to admit. And that includes Brian Kilmeade. Brian had a really good response for that. The problem is, and we didn't get into this debate on the stage. There just wasn't time. And I thought that he made a really good, very hopeful point, which is always possible. And that is, if anybody could come back from the brink of that, it's us. Because, let's be honest, we're special, we're unique. And he's right about that. And he pointed out that, you know, uh, Obama, Biden's approval rating through through the basement floor. I mean, they're terrible. Independents are completely gone. Looks like the Republicans right now are going to destroy the Democrats in the midterms. Uh, The Republicans are like plus 40 now for the midterms. It's still early. Things change. And Brian made some really good points there. And, And they're points that I've made to you on the show. People who call and say, I'm on the ledge, talk me down. He's He made a lot of those points in, in a very intelligent, articulate way, and he's not wrong. However, my fear is that we are not in a point in our history where the next election can fix the problems anymore. We are dealing with a corrupt FBI that tried to steal an election in 2016, helped rig an election in 2020, Powers that be that are doing the things that they're doing. Trying to force your five-year-olds to get injections. Trying to force you to wear two and three masks that don't work and they know it doesn't work. New study, of which is an aggregate of all the other studies out there, found that there's no evidence, very scant evidence that masks could ever help you with COVID and that they knew it. I think that Brian Kilmeade, as hopeful as he is and as right as he is about the American spirit, and he's right about that. I think he's still in the mindset that the next election fixes things. And I don't think that elections are going to fix anything anymore. There is just a cabal in D.C. that has to be rooted out. And I don't know how best to do that. I don't know that anybody does. So it's the one major disagreement that I had with, with Brian yesterday. It's not a contentious one. Because I hope he's right. 
that Americans will realize what's happening, right the ship with the midterms, right the ship in 2024, um, and we will put everything back on course. But we have to remember, there is a political party that's been taken over by communist radicals. There is a cabal in D.C. that is nameless, that operates in the shadows. And elections no longer fix things that were wrong for the past couple of years. That's my fear. I hope I am wrong. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. MNC News Time is 5.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Well, the defense has just rested. They are now in a 10-minute break at the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. The trial is officially going to be over here in just a few minutes. Uh, the jury will adjourn, start going into the process of whether or not they are going to convict Kyle in any of the charges that he is facing. The defense, very good day. Very, very good. I'm saying that objectively, not because I believe that Rittenhouse is innocent, Based on the evidence, uh, if the defense had a bad day, I would tell you they did. They did not. The prosecution had a bad day. The defense was stellar. Um, he pretty much ended the last bit of his closing arguments with saying that Kyle Rittenhouse, there's no evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse was an active shooter other than Mr. Binger, the prosecutor, saying that he was. Uh, and going through how Rittenhouse didn't engage with anybody until he was physically assaulted and showing people the tape of that. Uh, he also reminded everybody that the prosecution started the trial by making a false allegation that Rittenhouse chased Rosenbaum and shot him in the back. He did not. He shot him from the front as somebody was lunging at him, which is exactly what Rosenbaum did, according to multiple witnesses. He made the case that the prosecutor is saying that all six of their witnesses were lying. That's not talking about Kyle. That's the additional witnesses. It was a very good day for the defense. Kyle Rittenhouse should be very happy with his legal team. And we'll continue to update you on that as they go into the actual jury portion of the trial. Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Well, I appreciate your patience today because obviously big day in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Still wanted to give you other topics, but also sprinkle in the latest updates with the closing arguments today. It was... Luckily, we were able to do that all in one day. Took the entire day for closing arguments on both sides. But nonetheless, uh, I think that Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be very happy with his legal defense right now. The prosecution can't be happy, can't be thrilled at all. Um, Want to just do a couple more things here on the vaccine mandates. So a hospital system that operates in 19 states has now been blocked from firing workers over the vaccine, according to the Oklahoma Attorney General. Uh, Oklahoma was granted a temporary restraining order that blocks Ascension Healthcare from terminating employees who were denied religious exemptions from the firm's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Uh, so they operate in 19 states that have been blocked from firing workers over the vaccine. The battle is not over for those of you out there who are still in the midst of this battle. And I told you before that you know, if we were going to do, and I didn't endorse it, but if we were going to do a universal healthcare-like system, Singapore would be the one to emulate. And Singapore has now announced that they will stop covering medical bills of unvaccinated COVID-19 patients. Never endorsed Singapore's system, but I always said if we were going to do it, that would be the best universal system to do. 
You have to be very careful with these universal health care systems for a whole host of reasons, but one that might have gotten overlooked is, hey, uh, if you don't get the shots that we tell you to get when we tell you to get them, you'll lose all of your care. And that is exactly what Singapore has now done. So if you do not get vaccinated, whether you've had COVID or not in Singapore, they will not cover any of your medical bills. None. Pay very close attention to people who are arguing for universal health care. This is one of the things that they want the power to do. The vaccine mandates are about gaining the authority to mandate anything that they want. You've got to resist it at all costs. Bill O'Reilly's up next. Buy a 3D printer. We'll see you next time. Wait, I'm a little early. I am. Look at that. I'm a little early. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button. Go and follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. Now it's Bill O'Reilly.